Welcome to Millennium Mom. I'm your host, Maria Fairfax. Today's guest is Harry Lee Scott. Harry is a gifted multilingual educator. He is a pioneer with his life-changing genealogy discovery and one of the wittiest chaps I know. I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Oh, so glad to be here. Thanks so much, Maria. Tucker is starting to look like you. <laughs> <laughs> People say that. Like, you start to look like you're, you know, the dog and owner start to look like each other. I'm like, oh, gosh, I wish I could grow that much hair. <laughs> <laughs> you're too funny. Tell me the story about, um, I've heard it before, but when you knew that you would um, be, had the gift of language. Uh, when I was little, like I, I told my mom, I don't know how old I was, but I was pretty young. And my mom's like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be able to speak with everyone in the world, you know, and I don't even think she knew what that meant at the time, you know, um, maybe later on she did, but you know, I know I didn't. And as I developed into like my late teens, you know, early twenties, I was like, Maybe, maybe that's what it was all about. Maybe the seed was planted. I don't know who planted it there, but there it was. <laughs> when you were a younger child, were you surrounded by anyone that spoke a different language at all? I had a lot of friends, yeah, whose parents were either from Italy or from South America, from Taiwan, you know, and I wanted to be able to speak with them, you know. And I did. There was a girl in my fourth grade class who was from France, and I had a huge crush on her. So that's what made me go into French when I could start taking it in seventh grade. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there we have it there. <laughs> now, you've been an educator for two decades now. What are the changes that you've seen as far as uh, the youth? Have you always taught middle school? Um, I taught middle school for about 14 years exclusively. And then I went up to the high school and I just only had one middle school class left. And now I'm back between the two schools. And um, I can definitely say even after my first decade of teaching, I started to see the kids changing like a lot. You know, as technology progressed, I felt I got less from the kids. And the more that I had to do in class to keep their attention, you know, be you start to move out of the realm of being a teacher and you enter being like an entertainer entertainer you know so it's tough it's tiring as well physically and mentally do you find that um children aren't engaged as much what as much as far as learning is concerned oh without a doubt without a doubt if they don't get something immediately if it's not laid out in front of them plainly um they don't want to use you know deduction they don't want to use their higher thinking skills um and i blame a lot of it on technology you know um there's always this kind of barrier between reality and their virtual world and some some of them can't make it out of the virtual world into reality to even carry on a simple conversation so being able to step aside from that prideful um i don't know characteristic that a lot of them carry these days they don't want to ask for extra extra help it's always to the parent you know that they have to step out and say, oh, you know, my son or daughter didn't, is not doing this well. And what can they do? And should I hire a tutor? And when can you stay after school? Can you stay, after, stay in for lunch? You know, so it's, it's a lot. It's, it's more demanding now than when I first started. 
So, so you find that the students won't directly approach you about a grade as much or about extra help. It's through the parents. Right. Right. It's, it's mostly through the parents. Yeah. And do you think that the parents are partly to blame as well? I, you know, to a certain certain, uh, certain point, I do think it is a lot of them. And I think they're not teaching their kids to be their own problem solvers. You know, the parents should be the, the second line of defense. First, the kids should try. I don't care how old they are. You know, try to resolve your own problems first. And then if you need help, go to your parents for backup. But, you know, we used to call them helicopter parents, you know, but now they're like, we call them snowblower parents, you know. They just kind of pave the way for them. The kid just wants to walk through it just nice and, you know, freshly clean snow, you know. So it, it definitely backfires on them in the long run. That's what I was just thinking because there's going to come a point in time where they're going to be faced with something and because they haven't developed the skills, problem-solving skills or being able to talk to yeah. um, someone else or engage in such a way, they're not going to be able – it's, it's a skill. Problem solving is a skill, and that's what uh, school teaches. But yet, I feel like there's more of a demand in not making the, the, the child is accountable, but making holding teachers to the standard, and they become, um, it's almost an impossible job now. There's so yeah. many educators that are leaving the field. Oh, totally. I'm surprised I'm still in it after 23 years. You know, I'm like considered a unicorn, basically. <laughs> 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 I hear you. So moving forward, I, I know you said something about that. You want to, uh, you feel like there's another um, turning point in mm. your life and that you said that you would like to go into genealogy, maybe yeah. full time. Are you starting to think about retirement? I am. I mean, I don't, in my heart of hearts, I really don't see myself retiring in the teaching field just because I feel it takes so much of my spirit away and i really would like to keep that spirit for getting into more in depth into genealogy and helping out others and maybe making it a lucrative career for myself i'm not looking to get like insanely rich but it would be a nice transition to leave teaching and go into something i'm really passionate about you know um unfortunately my, my passion for teaching is waning as each year progresses so you know it's probably better if i just jump ship pretty soon you know yeah, there's nothing like getting out on the top when you're yeah, not, yeah. yeah, before you're asked to get out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so tell me about the, uh, the genealogy, especially your discovery when um, the, the massive discovery that you made as far as with your mom and her mother. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I've been into genealogy now for a little over 11 years, I believe. Yeah, I started in 19, uh, 19, uh, 2008 is when I started. And, you know, it's taken me as far back as a, to a 16th time great grandmother in Holland. Wow. And yeah. So that got, that really got the fire stoked. And then uh, there was a name that my mom used to throw around when I was a kid, you know, and, you know, every once in a while I would come back to me and I said, you know what, I'm just going to try to find this. You know, my mom always thought she had a half brother. And so I got an email one day from, a random person I'd never heard from about her. And she said, Oh, we linked up as first cousins. I'm like, mm, I don't think we're first cousins because I know my first cousin, my mom only has one sister. You know, I was like, you can't be her daughter because you're actually older than her. So that's not going to work out. And she goes, no, it says it. So I said, could you send me a picture? And she, when she did, I immediately thought to my older sister, but at the same time, when I was looking at, you know, 
the picture, I said, I thought more to my mom. I said, why am I thinking to my mom? Yeah, this is so odd. You know, and long story short, once we did another DNA test, she came up as my mother's half-sister. And this was a woman who was adopted out at birth. Her mom never even held her. And her and, you know, three other siblings were all given up for adoption. So that was my next step, was to use my genealogy skills to kind of track this woman down. You know, if anyone goes missing, I always tell my friends, if anyone of you goes missing, you better call me. I said, because I will find you. There you go. <laughs> you know, but now that my mom's connected with her half-sisters, she's actually developing a relationship with them, which was never any ever in the cards for her to do. But I think she now sees the, you know, um, the whole gravity of pulling towards like people that you would not normally consider even to be friends with you. You know what I mean? Or right. be part of your realm. But, you know, it's mom goes, this is all because of you, Harry. I said, well, no, it's because of you. Cause if you didn't tell me that name, I wouldn't have any reference, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, you can take the credit. I'm like, okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> now, what made you 11 years ago get involved in genealogy? What, what kind of? Well, you know, growing up as a, a biracial kid, it was, everything was like, oh, you know, wh what are you from your mom's side? I'm like, mixed European, I guess. You know, I don't know. And then what are you from dad's side? Oh, you know, well, there's black. And then so-and-so had high cheekbones and had straight black hair. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So no one ever knew what we really were. So I just was always. I feel you. I still don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that part out. Even the DNA stuff. Um, but I like how I like how Wikipedia says um, for your nationality, American. There you go. I'm yeah, good. American, and you're done. Okay. Yes. That's it. No more questions. <laughs> but it just it just uh, awakened something in me that just said, you know what? It's almost like when you pass away, you hope that people don't forget about you. You know. Right. And I felt that with each name that I looked up on Ancestry, um, I kind of like rattled some some graves. And then once I rattled their graves and others were kind of like, hey, what about us? You know, right? When, when things I honestly do believe in my heart of hearts that just because our, our physical body leaves this earth, I think our spirit still kind of hangs around. And if you've made no connections with them, your modern day descendants and vice versa, your ancestors, I think they will, if, if you're receptive, you will start to find people. I couldn't find my third great grandmother forever. And I was like, what happened? She just disappeared on the census reports. Well, she got remarried. I never knew that. And my oh. grandmother knew her, never knew her because she died with my grandmother, uh, I think, three years before my grandmother was born. And turns out there's actually pictures of her in my great grandmother's photo album that my grandmother still has. So once you have finds like that, you can't turn it off. Like you think all the time. So at parties, people, if, if someone says, oh, my great grandmother, I'm like, oh, yeah? Well, my 16 times great grandmother, <laughs> you know? So right. it's definitely a great conversational piece. And th there's also that connection, just, just wanting to know where your roots are, you know? So, yeah. That's awesome. That's completely awesome. Have you ever, have you helped anyone else? Besides oh, tons of people, tons of people, especially because I post a lot about my findings on Facebook. Right. So it's like people will send me a, a direct message, you know, and they'll say, hey, Harry, you know, can you help me out? And it's like, yeah, sure. No problem. So my biggest find was uh, a friend of my coworker of mine whose father never knew who his birth parents were because he was given up for adoption. Okay. So um, 
I was able to call a couple of hospitals down in, in, the, in Brooklyn. And one girl was a little too lip, uh, you know, loose lipped. And <laughs> <laughs> she let it uh, come out. There, there, were only, there was only one male birth this one particular month. Let's say it was March in, you know, 1942. Oh. And then I just kind of like wiggled my way around and, you know, and I called to old schools and, you know, went through microfiche and I looked in, you wow. know, uh, class rosters and I, you know, looked at class pictures and I found his father's parents. Well, his, his mother had since passed, but his dad was still alive. So at least I got to connect him with his birth father. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I love the fact that you have this, um, I don't know, you have this passion, this energy that for what you do and that you're always, yeah. you've always been kind of on the cusp of, okay, I'm doing this because the, you know, the show is Millennial Mom and it's for millennials that are, um, they, they've graduated college, but they, they kind of want to do something else. They want to, you know, you hear the live your best life or right, level right. up. Right, yeah. and that's and that's why I chose you to be on the show because you've always been doing that. Yeah, you're not Brian. that nerdy. You're not that nerdy. Uh, I know six languages, and that's it. That's all. I'm in this little box. That's it. There I am. Uh, yeah. No, I feel like you have you have to be, you know, as diverse as possible in this world. If you're going to connect with people, if you're going to get an honest connection with people, you know, you have to branch out. You really do. Even if it's nerve wracking, you still have to do it. You know, and that's why I get nervous for some of these millennials is that, you know, they have such potential and I feel like they've got so much more at their fingertips than we ever had. You know, I mean, gosh, the big thing was email like back in the 90s when we first got it. I was like, this is wild. The future is now, man. Yes. You know? And these kids, I mean, like even what we're doing now, like talking. If you would have told me back in 92, you'll be able to talk on a phone and see people. And I'm like, yeah, you're out of your mind. You know. Right. That's so true. Yes, I remember the um the long phone cord in the in the kitchen that would be all yeah, exactly. wrapped up and you know. <laughs> yeah, there was there was no hiding your conversation. You know what I mean? If right. You had to go into my closet. You know, forget it. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. I know, and just and that was ninety two. That was just yeah. that, that long ago. Right. Right. And phone. Calls. And it's almost like now. Um, people want everything right there when right right it is then. right there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they complain more. It's it's like everything's automated, everything's faster, but it's not right. fast enough. Right, exactly. exactly. Well, you, I even catch myself sometimes if I'm researching something on Google. If it doesn't pop within point zero two four seconds, I'm like, gosh, this machine is so slow. What is this? This is ridiculous. Right? You know, I'm like, think about the dial up, buddy. Or about the card catalog. AOL. <laughs> yeah. So it's it the bug bites us all. You know what I mean? But you have to get to a point where you have to say, okay, let's let's just take it down a couple of notches and let's just be patient, you know? Because you miss so much when you try to research so quickly, you know. You have to it's it's that trusting the process too. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like you want everything right now and everything so fast. And I think that's why there's so much anxiety and yes. stress because yeah. everything's moving at such a fast pace. And I know mm. the millennials that are part of my audience, I've talked to 
it's hard because everything's on, on social media and everything's at their disposal and mm -hmm. they always feel like they have to be compared. If they're not doing this, they're missing out. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's overload. Yeah, it is too much. And I, th I just to go back and, and echo kind of what you were saying before, if they don't get it immediately, it's like, what's happening? The thing about texting, you know, I just get so, so much in an uproar if I text someone and if it weren't in within a minute, I'm like, why are you ignoring me? Right. Where are you at? Are you okay? Is something wrong? You know, like type a letter if you're in danger, you know, like stupid stuff like that. Yes. You know, our wait time is, is, I don't, I, it's, it's, it's like just a, a fraction of what we were willing to wait for, you know, back in, in the day. You know what I mean? If someone didn't yeah. call you back, you're like, oh, they probably are doing this or da, 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 da. Now it's like, why can't you answer a text? It's just a simple text, you know? So our standards have gone a little bit wonky lately. Yeah, it's true. And it's funny because I'm one of those people that I'll put my phone down or I'll leave my phone in the car yeah. or I just, you know, so sometimes I'll miss a call, but then I won't give somebody else the same grace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> it's like, no, sorry, I am more important than you are. So I mean, you must back. stop. You <laughs> must stop. Right, right. Our society's a little narcissistic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll take that one on the chin. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm the same way too. I like, there's no, there's, I get into psycho mode. Like, I don't even know what that is. I can be cool, calm, collected. But if you get on that personal tip and then I'm like, why haven't you called me back? But you know, and then like, what did I do? What did I do? Tell me what I did. Like you're holding a grudge, you know, you the hamburger I took, you know, <laughs> was it something I said? Is it something I did? It's just this whole insecurity right. thing. Oh my Absolutely. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh my God. And it's funny because you have to, um, almost, I don't know. I'm just married for the second time and yeah. your second anniversary. And thank God he can understand my crazy. Because <laughs> No, seriously. Like, if you don't call me back or if I, I need to make a point, and then it's crazy texting. Yeah. It's like this psycho thing. And I don't yeah. know what it is because on my job, I can be professional. But then when it comes to the personal, I don't know if it's just – I think it goes back to my childhood, I think, too. Yeah. I, I wanted, you know, my dad's attention. And yeah, I wasn't the favorite. I was the oldest, but I wasn't the favorite. My other right. sister was. And those tapes – kind of come into play and I thought that um and then you know for our listeners what's amazing is that um talking to Harry Harry is my um cousin through my first husband husband and it's amazing because his family is just the most loving wonderful family and I've been um I don't know I've been blessed that we have a great relationship even my ex-husband we're cool we we raised the kids together, you know, even though we weren't living together and it's just been a wonderful thing. So now here I am in this relationship and now I'm like, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> I love at any time. I just got lost. I'm like, I hope she remembers where the, where the tale of this was. <laughs> I lost the tale. It was going to be really good. It was going to be really, really good. <laughs> And I lost it. <laughs> I, don't say, know like, I, I don't know if we, I can get it We were back. talking about trying to, you know, why we want things like immediately and, and texting and, you know, the personal side of it 
and maybe you growing up in a household where you had your dad's attention or you wanted your dad's attention all the time. And then, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, we'll save that. We'll save that for another cover. If you can, that'll just come back. I, I, you know, I watched the balloon go up in the air. I'm like, and there it goes. <laughs> and it's gone. I lost my balloon. You should have held on to that string a little tighter. <laughs> oh my gosh! Happens to the best of us. It, it definitely does. That's all right. We're just gonna roll with it. That's it. Um, I asked you what is one personal habit or daily routine that contributes to your success. And you said, seeing it, then acting on it with undeterred defiance to failure. Mm. So what is the next thing on the horizon, definitely for you, that you want to learn or that you want to do that's different from either the genealogy or the voiceover? Is there something that you've not been able to do that you want to do? You know, I, I've always wanted to be a part of like a think tank. You know, I do really well in, in small groups. You know, I, I took a, a course when I was in um, doing my master's and it was called Group Dynamics. And it was there that I learned about the people bringing in different skill sets to a small group or a small group or a large group and defining who and what your skill set is, who you are and what your skill set is, determines how dynamic your group will be. So in other words, like you and I both are able to talk to anyone. I mean, you, you put a face on a balloon, we talk to it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we have that social aspect to us, you know, and we also have the ability to make, feel people, make people feel more at ease, you know, when we're talking with them. We don't, we're not judging them on our face. We might be judging them in our heads. but we're Right, exactly. Them. They'll never know it. You know what I mean? Like. We're just like, hey, what's up? You know, inside we're like, you're a creep, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> but knowing what your part is and you bring that into a group. So maybe someone is a great timekeeper, you know, like they can keep their, the group on task. Another person's managing the thoughts that are coming into the group all at once. You know, it gets kind of noisy and things like this. But there's someone who's in there who's constantly taking notes mentally or physically and saying, Okay, so Maria, your, your line of thought, you were saying something about blah, blah, blah. So you see how you and I, we both can lose our thought pretty quickly. You know, right. if, if we've got so much stuff going on that we want to get out. But there's someone in your group that can keep you focused on what it was. If you just happen to go off on a tangent, right. they bring you back. You know, so yeah. I always thought about that. And I thought, oh, man, I know what my place would be in a think tank. And if we're walk, working towards a common goal, like I know, like, I'm doing this part, you know, I'm, this is going to be the part that I bring in and this is, you know, going to help us reach our success. So, and what realm I would like to be a think tank. I still, I love education in that. I love the potential that is there for both student and teacher. I just feel at this point of my life, I'm not willing to pour any of my soul into a classroom when you have kids who expect you to basically be, you know, this multi-talented entertainer, you know, juggle computers with your feet all the while, you know, setting firecrackers off your out of your nostrils. And right. Your, just so they can you know, learn how to. Right. Okay. Right. And, and not really think, you know, not really understand the importance of learning a second language, you know? So, 
maybe there's something in the horizon for it. I would really love to kind of exhaust that avenue. And I did speak with a colleague today about it. And she's like, Harry, I think you have something there. Like, let's, let's try to start up something. Let's make up resources for teachers, you know, where they can use them readily. Like, we're always looking for resources that we can use in the classroom that are going to grab the kids to read, to speak, you know. Um, it's so crazy that you say that. I was going to go see um, uh, Gary, uh, Gary V down at the New Jersey um, Performing Arts Center. Yeah. And that was that venue has only been around for a little over 20 years mm -hmm. and they have this whole thing about education mm -hmm. and all these different programs. So there's so many amazing programs that I think that would be, you could create your own thing, your own module yeah. almost, you know, and yeah. like for example, with this course that I'm taking there, there are people from, there's a, uh, I asked today, I asked my class today, I said, okay, where's everyone from? Denmark, there's, uh -oh. uh, yeah, Israel, yeah. United Arab Emirates, there's, yeah. I don't even think I'm saying it correctly, yeah, no, no, UK, yeah. um, it's just, it's just amazing, and it's just, and then you get this feedback, and it's yeah. on a mobile forum, so we're all in this, and you don't even realize the time zones, because mm. everybody has their own, it's like the time is always now on the internet. Sure. Yeah. And it's just like you, you get back to people. It's just, it's interesting how it's working. And right. it's amazing because we keep each other on task. Like, okay, well maybe you should do this or maybe, you know, we couldn't hear the sound quality wasn't well. And it just, yeah. and the growth exponentially is so fast because you're getting that feedback back mm. so fast. And it's always, it's always on. You right. know, the forms, and then we're moving through these different modules, hitting different things. So that, that sounds amazing. That would be so great to see yeah. you do that. And I would just love, I mean, it would get me up out of my bed, like hitting the ground running, you know, like what, what are we going to work on today? Or I worked on this last night. Can't wait to tell the group about this, you know, right now, you know, my enthusiasm, you know, is quelled when I get into the classroom, like, Hey guys, I came up with this you know, the speaking thing, like, oh, I don't want to speak to people today. And it's like, great. So I just spent four hours for nothing, you know, and I, I know. try to rekindle as best I can, but there's nothing worse than having, you know, someone like raining on your parade. It's like, okay, well, I guess we'll go back to the book then. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but back in the day, I wouldn't let that deter me. I was like, we're going to do it now. The parents will come in and they'll just say, you know, you push past, you know, their comfort zone. It's not good. They're going to shut off, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, I've been doing this for 23 years. I, you know, take some stock in that, you know. But it, now I'm just not willing to argue with parents. I just can't. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not productive. Yes. You know, what's the utility behind it, you know? And you found that out. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Harry, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. I Absolutely. appreciate you so much for helping me start my podcast, and I hope you'll come back on the show. Oh, absolutely. It was such a pleasure, and I'm so glad you reached out to me. All right, Harry. I'll talk to you later. Okay, take care now. You too. Bye-bye. Probably sucks. I don't care.
Is it still recording?